Have a car question? Ask the experts at 855-340-ZONE. You're listening to Utah Car Sense with Jeff Miller and Austin Horton. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back to Utah Car Sense presented by Mark Miller Subaru. Uh, With your host, Jeff Miller, I'm Adrian Leiser sitting in for Austin Horton today. Taking your calls if you want. Uh, to get on the line with us, 855-340-ZONE. Looking for your favorite Super Bowl commercials, car-wise or other at this point. Come and call us and let us know what your favorite Super Bowl ads are. Uh, it's part of the fun of the experience of the game. And um, Who's going to win? Uh, I'm going to go with the Chiefs. The Chiefs? I think it's going to be the Chiefs. But mostly because I don't like when an NFC team wins if the Vikings are out. <laughs> so I hope that the AFC wins the thing. Uh, what do you What do you think? You're going Niners? I like the Niners. I like them both, but I mean, it's going to be, it's just gonna be a great football game. Yeah, I think. Is it still I, a pick em? Uh It should be. I yeah. don't know how there's a favorite. 49ers plus one, so, so Chiefs by one. Hey, if we get a. I don't know if there's. When was the last time there was a pick em Super Bowl? I don't know. That's crazy. I mean, that's a crazy bet. I think we're, yeah, like you say, though, I think we're in for a great game. Uh, don't forget the Jazz today. Three o'clock tip. Jeff will be coming back down here. Should be a fun afternoon. Yeah, should be a great game. It's a, it a great time. Uh, you know, it's Luka Doncic. Uh, it's for the uh, the get the people more worldwide to be able to take the show in, or take the game in. Obviously, the NBA had a game in Paris last night, which is pretty cool uh, with the Bucks. Utah so. is a four and a half point favorite. Yeah, I mean, it should be awesome. The Mavericks. Good, great Mavericks struggle team. on the struggle at home for some reason, but on the road they're fifteen and five, so they're pretty good on the road. And they're a little thin on the front line. Yes, so that's where they're gonna. That's where they're gonna struggle. Is they they are very thin because uh, they lost Powell. Yep, they made a move for Willie Cauley Stein. I don't think he's gonna play today, but uh, even if he does, he's someone just Rudy. get Willie Cauley Stein so Rudy could just beat him two games yeah, in a row. Two games in a row. I'm sure he's like, no, I need one <laughs> game. Like, yeah, off. We'll, I'll wait till we're not playing the Jazz. Yeah, <laughs> that was exactly. a little rough last time. <laughs> it's always rough for him when he takes on the Rudy Gobert and the Jazz. Uh, but that should be fun. Also, uh, the University of Utah, they're hosting Washington State today in uh, Pac-12 action. Made a nice comeback on uh, yeah. Thursday night's game. Yeah, a real clunky, foul-filled game. but Just a weird game. Do you, uh, do you try to get up there and take in some basketball I games? have been to a U game. I'm going to the um, um, Chris Hill. Um, Chris Hill Jr. is a really good friend of mine. Oh, His really? dad's being honored at that yeah. game on the 8th, so I'm going to go up and – I'm going to go Cal, up there for, believe, for yeah. when his his name gets put, put up in the rafters for Utah basketball. Look, if you love or hate Dr. Chris Hill, uh, if you're a Utah fan, you should be thanking him because he is the, the maneuvering to get them into the Pac-12. He is literally the only person reason in the world that Utah's in the Pac-12. Yeah, the, there is no argument against the fact that Utah's in the Pac-12 because of Chris Hill. So you could feel the way you want, but in the end, you got to— you like being in the Pac-12, <laughs> exactly. you can't hate Chris Hill. That's what I always say, yes. If you like the Pac-12— then uh, go to that show up and uh, give him and the, what he did. I mean, the program he's the the sports programs he's built and the facilities and everything he's done at the U. He is an incredible steward of yep. the University of Utah, and it's awesome that they're going to honor him like they are on the eighth. Yeah, for I sure. Mean, and I'm I'm going out of my way to be there because of it. Yeah, and uh, yeah. So hopefully they fill that place out and uh, give him a good round of applause when he steps out onto center court. So it yeah. should be pretty cool. And uh, BYU also in action today against San Francisco. And uh, Utah State, are they playing today? What's the uh, uniforms today for the Jazz? Uh, I don't. Let me look. the The Jazz Twitter a lot of times will. Usually, I can tell just by looking at the court, but yeah, I haven't it's seen the regular the court, court today. It's the regular court, so it's. 
Uh, they're in their white jerseys today, it well, appears. I have a question from a listener who said his cell phone service was kind of spotty. He was wondering, Jeff, on the status of uh, Subaru making any Outback electric cars. So, okay, yeah, well, let's talk about that. We actually had a little in on that. We were going to talk about that anyway. Yeah. So they released at a, a concept car, got released by Subaru last week. There was an electric crossover concept. So right now they have a partnership that they've signed with Toyota to develop to, to develop a crossover fully electric vehicle by 2023, I believe, 2022 or 2023. So that's the, that's the next fully electric car Subaru will have. It'll be a group with like Toyota like we have with the VRZ and the FRS. It's going to be a dual badge. There'll be, there'll be a Subaru version and a Toyota version. But that'll be the first electric. But their goal is mid-2030s to be a fully electric brand is the Which goal is for Subaru. They're going to move completely away from gas engines by tw- by the mid 2030s. My guess is you're going to by the end of this decade, my guess is you're going to see 40-50% of Subarus be either plug-in electric or fully electric. Do you feel like technology is going to be able to catch up by then to say if you want to go on a road trip with your elect- fully electric car that you'll be able to do that? That's I think the one thing that I'll tell you I don't I can't imagine this crossover comes out in 2023. Yeah. with a range under 300 miles. Okay, that's pretty good range. That's my guess. Is I don't think they will release the car unless they can get 300 miles out of it. Okay, but I the, my crazy thing about it is I think the plug-in is just an incredible fix for it. Like I've been driving this plug-in Crosstrek for what is it? I bought it in June, so for almost six months now, seven months now, and it is incredible. I mean, I and I and it makes me like try and challenge myself to try and keep it in EV mode because it gets essentially the way it works. It gets 17 miles. On the electric battery, then it goes to gas. So as long as you're going back and forth and plugging in everywhere you go, you can keep charging it back up, right? So like I drive to work, which is less than 10 miles. Mm. Then when I get to work, I plug it in. By the time I'm driving home, it's fully charged again. So I'm trying to stay on electric battery as much as possible. Right now, if you looked at my gas gauge right the second, because I've had some freeway driving too, I'm at 82 miles a gallon. <laughs> That's amazing. My cross truck, 13-mile tank, I could go almost 1,000 miles. Doing what I'm doing. Wow. Without refilling. Does it switch over to from EV automatically? And what happens is, is so what happens, okay, so now it turns out I want to take it on a road trip. Mm. Then you just don't worry about the EV. Right. Right? Then it just becomes a gas car Mm. that is a cross track that still gets 35 miles a gallon. Right? So when I I was living in Park City for a few months this summer, well, because I was between the houses, and what we ended up doing is, I mean, I drove that car up and down the canyons. I was getting 40, 50 miles a gallon. Going up and down Parleys. Right. And a plug-in hybrid. And it, it's just b- the brilliant technology because what it does is it also when you go downhill or you brake or anything like that, it regenerates the battery. Oh, okay. So like going down Parleys, you pick up five miles. Right. On the whole way down Parleys. You get to the bottom and then all yeah, of a sudden you're in idiot. gas. Yeah. So you'd be like, like you're idling in gas. So you're getting yeah. 80, 90 miles a gallon in gas. And then by the time you got to the bottom, you had five more miles of electric hmm. battery. Very cool. Because it charged you. Uh, is there like a rig that comes with it that you have to plug in? So it comes with, with a comes with a, char- a little bag with a charger in it. It's just a regular plug in the wall oh, charger. Oh, so it's not that big though. It's no, it's like I mean, it's probably uh, like the size of a battery, probably sixteen by eight by three inches thick. Yeah, bag. I think it's just yeah. a little bag. It's just and it's just a little transformer you plug in and you mm-hmm. got a little plug you plug in the car. And you can take it anywhere. Like. I I made the decision in my house and with both stores we already had them, but is to have charging stations. So they're level two chargers. 
Okay. So a level one charger just plugs in the wall, takes about five hours to charge. To fully charge that 17 miles is about five hours. On a level two charger, like the one we have at the dealership and the one I have at my house, it's only two hours. Mm. So I can fully charge that car back up in two hours. So if I get to work at nine in the morning, by lunchtime, it's charged. And the cool thing from our standpoint, too, is both my house and both the dealerships are fully solar. So right. essentially that car is off grid. Yeah. I love that about the solar dealership, too. That's yeah, awesome. So the idea is if you can mix it with that, you're truly powering it through solar power. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. What uh, I wonder, so and I, the technology will probably just get better. So you're talking about. I think your technology is going to get better and better. The idea more is miles on that EV Less expensive mode. and lighter. Right. Those are the two things they've got to pull off. They've got to make it less weight. Less expensive. And there's a reason that a Tesla is eighty thousand dollars. Right. Even the model, even the small one that's the size of a Corolla, is forty thousand dollars because those batteries are really, really, really expensive mm-hmm. and they weigh a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like Salt Lake, though, like you're talking about, perfect for a car like the plug-in hybrid, where it doesn't really take that long to get anywhere around here, and maybe that's what could give some people pause, maybe. If they lived in a giant, like, say you're living in New York City, 17 miles isn't really going to get you much. But in Salt Lake, where you need it with the snow and everything, perfect spot for yeah, it. So if you want to compare two cars, like size-wise, an Impreza and a Model 3 are about the same size. Yeah. A Impreza is going to weigh in right around 3,000 pounds, 3,200 pounds. A Model 3 is going to weigh in at 4,000. Mm-hmm. Those batteries weigh eight or 900 pounds. So that's, that's, and take up space. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, it's the entire base of the vehicle, essentially. So it's the same thing on the Crosstrek because you lose – that's the other problem is that in the Crosstrek, you lose trunk space. Mm. So on the Crosstrek hybrid, you lose four inches, five inches of trunk space. Really? Where okay. the batteries are. Okay. So they've got to fix Do you notice that things. when you're have, – have you noticed that really? Yeah, like you can't put a set of golf clubs in the back. You have to put oh, a seat down. Okay. All right. Like if you want to put a golf set of golf clubs in, which I've done, you've got to put the seats down. It's not minor inconvenience, but not one of the coolest Subaru features that we, we pitch on everything we do is and that kind of Subaru is known for is fold flat seats is that every Subaru you've ever gotten to in the last 15 years. Yeah. The seats on it on the cro- on the crossover is it's not like a fold down and have like a little weird edge where it's right. a half angle. It's a fold flat yeah, technology. Yeah. You can't do that in a cross track hybrid because it's a step up then goes mm, down into the, where okay. the seat fold down to. So you lose some of that cool stuff. It's a little minor thing. They're but, minor stuff, but but the trade off to eighty miles a gallon. Eighty miles a gallon. I'm yeah. not, I'm not going to the. I'm literally going to get gas maybe once a month. Once a month, maybe. Man, I'm getting gas once a week. It feels like. Yeah, I, I probably get gas once a month. It's pretty cool. Can I borrow your? <laughs> no, just kidding. But it sounds like a pretty sweet deal. We can come sell you one. Yeah, all right. <laughs> uh, but it's uh, yeah, yeah. They're not available for sale in the state of Utah yet, but we have ways to get them. That's, so, yeah. So we get them. They won't ship them to us directly from Subaru. So we get them from oh, okay. other. We get Why them do you from think that is? Is it just demand they, or? They have to meet uh, certain numbers in California for uh, okay. California cafe standards and things like that. So they're shipping them all there. So we try and piece them out of there. Is that something they're gonna? Do you think they're gonna ramp up the production of, or is it? Uh, I don't think never in the know. next twelve months. I mean, yeah. I hope. I hope they do. I mean, I think. I don't think the problem is they haven't pitched it well enough and they're not selling it well enough to even their retailers mm. that until you sit in a car and like that's the beauty. The reason I'm such a big thing is because I drive it every day. Yeah. Until you drive that car every day, it's just like, oh, you're paying forty thousand dollars for a few extra miles per gallon. Right. And, and no, it's not that. It dri- it's a better car than the cross check. It's mm. faster. It's got more torque. It's it's just a nicer car. 
I uh I, I appreciate it because I'm you know I'll admit I'm one of those uppity millennials who uh, worries about the future of the earth and so crazy yeah. ideas you and your like I don't you and your crazy millennial ideas like I don't use straws I have my reusable water bottle that I carry with me everywhere you know I'm crazy but uh so recyclable straws now yes biodegrading straws yes I love those I love we have at the we have we sell those out of our cafes I was at a restaurant last night that had them and uh it was a sushi place and 100 percent plant product straw and we also sell metal straws reusable metal straws at both of our cafes as well there you go so that's why I'm a big fan of what you guys do. Because I, when you when you told me you went all solar, I thought that was awesome that you did that. You have the low V lights in there, and mm-hmm. everything's cool. So, uh, so back to the question from the listener: 2030s is what they're thinking, but you may you're but you'll start seeing you'll see the first fully electric Subaru in the next two or three years. But you're feeling more like the hybrid is probably I like the future. That. I like the plug-in hybrid. Better, yeah. I just don't. What scares people and what's kept electric vehicles from being really popular is what happens if I run out of power? Right. In a regular car, if you run out of gas, you f- there's a gas station within five miles of anywhere in any city. Within f- two minutes, you can find a gas station. Yes. Or on any highway, you're within 10 miles, 20 miles, you're going to find a gas station. Right. right. You can't do that with electric. If all of a sudden you have to go dri- drive 200 miles somewhere, what do you do? You go yeah. sit at a gas station and ask them if you can use their plug. Yeah. Like and then wait five hours. Yeah. Like that's a scary thing. And the idea is that okay, like I have to drive two hundred miles and then oh I gotta wait two hours to plug to charge this thing. And what if I hit a traffic jam or something? So and, those are your three yeah. things. Cost, scariness on that, and ability to speed charge those cars where you can get a full charge in ten minutes would be a big thing too. And th- that's why I asked uh, how far you think they'll be able to go because you know what Utahns they love to drive to Vegas. Well, you're not going to be able to get there on a 300 mile power. You could stop somewhere for the night and charge your car. But I I like what you're saying about the hybrid though. That makes sense. And plus, it, technology keeps getting better. That 17 is going to turn into more. I think right. The beauty of the hybrid is it just creates that protection for someone who worries about that. The worry of what happens when I run out of gas. Because you're right. On a road trip, you don't have five hours to stop at a gas station and just. I guess you could stop at like a KOA. You know, that, like, that's the worry, and like that—that's the idea of the Tesla and the supercharged stations. But those, you run into lines yeah. now at the supercharged station, mm-hmm. and still a ten—I think it's still ten or fifteen minutes to charge. Yeah. Uh, three. Yeah, so that'll be interesting to see the future of the electric car. Um, that's always the, like you say, cost-effective and lightweight is always the battle, and how far you can get on that. Uh, any other stories you wanted to hit here in the world of automotive news? Um, automotive news. Um, there's there's an interesting story out there from Cox talking about um, a t- when you talk about telltale signs of the economy. One of the big things you look at as far as whether there's a risk of a downturn mm-hmm. is auto delinquencies. Okay, is auto and home delinquency rates, and a, a worry out there right now is the auto loan debt is at record levels right now. And as of right now, there's record high delinquency rates in November and December, signaling that more consumers will fall behind on car payments in January and February. Hmm. So the the risk is, is to compensate, auto lenders may restrict their credit access for subprime buyers next year. So essentially, people that are more than 60 days past due went to a record high 5.48% in November. And this latest delinquency rate is actually higher than the highest recorded during the recession in 2008. 
That's a scary number. That is. So that's something you got to look at to be a little worried about where we're going in the next few years. Is that people are starting to pinch that penny, like that from a, the upper levels maybe doing really well and the stock market be doing yeah. really well, but the people who are owning the cars and especially the subprime market, which is going to be the lower income people, mm-hmm. more middle and lower class people, they're struggling and they're having some troubles right now. And wages haven't increased on that level. Right. Minimum wages are still where they're at. And that's a big concern on where the auto market's going to go. And when you look at that SARS rate we talk about, which is the 17 million cars are selling, it's going to have an effect on that. It's going to have a long-term effect on how many cars are sold in this country in the next four or five years. How does they, that subprime rate keeps going up? How does a uh, dealership all the way up to like a, the parent company, how do you guys prepare? Do you keep an eye on these kind of things? Obviously you do because you found the story, but how do you kind of, do you maybe prepare for it? Do you have to wait till see if it happens? Or? They're all looking at it, and there's, there's all judges on what's going to happen in the new car market over the next few years. No one's guessing it's going up. Right. Literally, if you look at any rec- people that say that 17 million cars sold in the U.S., it's not going to be 18 next year. Mm. If anything, it's going to be 16.5 or 16.8. It's not right. At the same time, it's not going to drop off like the dire days of 2010 right now where all of a sudden you're going to sell 10 million cars. Like, But I don't think you're seeing this big expansion like we've seen in the last 10 years. I think that expansion's stopping, and you're going to see it next in the housing market. And you're going to see it next as things get a little bit tight. And it it just there's there's some worrisome signs on the economic spectrum that you've got we've got to look out for, and especially in the auto market. And the way the the manufacturers prepare for it is what they'll end up doing is the smart ones will restrict production because mm. production is generally three four months behind, right? So they'll start pulling back production based on estimated sales on what's coming. The problem too is that things are getting a lot more expensive. Yeah. The average car price is going up thousands of dollars over the last couple of years. And the parts. and The average interest rate on new vehicle loans for subprime borrowers in December was 18.8%. Wow. That is a 2.4% increase from December 2018. And interest rates in 2018, 2019 went down. Yeah. Right? The yeah. prime rate went down in that time. And for, so for subprime rates to go up 2.4% in that time, that's a scary number. So, I mean, there's going to be consumers seeking those rates, and by the you seeing the banks charging more, mm-hmm. the guys that should know what they're doing, the banks, you could argue that. <laughs> yeah. But they're, they're pricing themselves accordingly, which gives them some telltale signs to where the car market's going. Well, so keep an eye on that if you're getting into the car, if you're thinking about purchasing a car, right? Right. Find the car that and the rate and everything that's right for you. Totally. The thing we talk about always with customers buying cars is that you, you always want to you need to buy a car within what you can afford. And that's the thing we pe- preach every day on our lot is don't extend yourself too far. Don't go beyond and we and the lenders set guidelines on it. We try and keep people to the guidelines. I mean a good a good rule of thumb on a car payment is fifteen percent. Your car payment should never be more than fifteen percent of your income. Right. So if you're making $3,000 a month, you shouldn't have more than a $450 car payment. And that's just a Even that up. seems like. That seems high. I yeah. mean, I would even probably take you down to 10. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't go higher than a 10% car payment just to be protecting right. yourself, right? So if you're have if you're you making a pretty good vehicle too for that. Right? For yeah. I mean, if you're making 3 grand a month, the $300 payment, you could lease an Impreza. Yeah. Right? You could absolutely lease an Impreza. And that's why we try and pitch people into the lease idea because what happens is is what and what kills me in the buy space, we'll talk about this for the next five minutes before we get to the break, yeah. but 
is when retailers and there are retailers out there now pushing and banks pushing too these 84 and 96 month car loans which is just absolutely insane mm-hmm. there is no scenario literally doesn't matter the car you're buying maybe one or two cars out there in the world but that you could buy a car on an 86 month loan or an 84 month loan or a 96 month loan and not be buried for the entire length of that vehicle right you're going to be upside down the entire length of that vehicle because what they're doing is they oh I got to get someone down to that $300 payment they need so if I extend this Camry payment on this $25,000 car to 96 months with zero money down I can get that $300 payment they will never be able to get out of that vehicle yeah ever rather than just doing the right thing for someone and, and educate them on what a lease is and the manufacturer we're doing a lot better job now than we ever have as a group but educating on literally 40 to 50 percent of this population should be leasing minimum and the numbers closer to of new car buyers right new car buying population not overall car buying mm-hmm. population should be leasing and that number is closer to 20 or 30 percent what do you think uh you've obviously talked about this before on the show but for any new listeners what is what holds people back do you think from leasing where instead they go get a loan bad, that's not good for them. Bad history of leasing. Okay. Bad stories the, with guys taking advantage of you. You get we're getting your car back at the end of the lease, and we're going to hit you with three thousand dollars in damage penalties and all yeah. these things. That's what kills people. And there's ways you can protect yourself on that. I mean, there's different like Super, for example, gives you a thousand dollars in damage as long as it's not over your five hundred dollars in d- deductible that your deductible should cover. But right. little scratches, dings, dents, things like that. They generally will cover things like that. You generally have to bring your car back up to good quality in order to do it. And I think that scares people on leases that I, I have to be really, really careful with this car and they don't want to be. Mm. But the best thing I always tell about leasing with people is that if you want to know why you should lease a car, walk into any car dealership and ask the vast majority of salespeople how they buy cars. The guys that do every day. And you'll find that 80, 90% of those people are in a lease. Mm. Yeah, let's uh, take a caller. Let's before get the break. out to the caller. Uh, who is it on the line there? Preston, before we hit a break, what's up? Welcome to Utah Car Sense. Hey, guys. I just wanted to ask you a couple questions, going back a couple of subjects. You've been talking about plug-in hybrids versus EVs and so forth. Um, I've been an EV owner for a while, um, and what I find is that it's the perfect second family car. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Uh, I just drive a 2017 Leaf okay. uh, Nissan. It's a little piece of crap with an electric car, but <laughs> what's really cool is it uh, it just it's fun to drive. It's the most fun car that I've ever owned to drive. I'm a high school teacher. I don't make a gazillion dollars, but it's a lot of fun to drive. I can I can beat Mustangs and um, Chargers off the line, no problem. And it's a Leaf, you know. No one no one expects that. Um, the uh, EVs getting maximum torque at zero RPMs. It's pretty impressive. But what I find, like you were talking about earlier, about the the cost of ownership with a plug-in hybrid or an EV is it's so much cheaper to own. Incredibly cheaper. Um, Wait, what? Yeah, incredibly cheaper. Oh, yeah. It's so much cheaper. Um, With an EV, I actually, I plug in at my work. Nice. at my high school um, that I teach at, we don't have a level two charger, but in our parking structure, there's just little 110 outlets. Okay. And I just plug in there and I'm at the school for eight or nine hours a day and I get 
80 or 90 miles of charge, mm -hmm. and that'll last me for three or four days doing errands and running back and forth from work and getting the kids from school and so forth. So, and then if we need to make a long trip, like I went down to uh, New Mexico, um, we just get in the other family car that my wife drives, but she's a stay-at-home mom, so she doesn't drive as much. Nice. Um, and so we're, really, I'm driving my car for free. Yeah. Well, technically, Which is fantastic. technically, us as taxpayers are paying for your electricity. But besides, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but besides that, yeah, part I know. <laughs> well, you know, it's it, it's actually a, a charter school that that they pay the um, they pay the electric bill right. at that parking structure anyway. Okay, You're um, doing good and, here, man. <laughs> yeah, and so even even if it was even if I had to plug in at home, I'm getting like. I broke it down of cents per mile that I drive. Yeah. Um, in, in a normal internal combustion engine car, you're paying like 10 to 12 cents per mile that you drive at 30 miles per, per gallon, something like that. And then in my little leaf, I'm paying about two cents if I charge at home. Wow. Two cents per mile. That's awesome. Um, and then that's not even taking into account oil changes. Yep. And, you know, belts and timing belt and all that stuff that I don't have to worry about because it just doesn't have it. So anyway, I enjoyed your discussion about the uh, about these EVs and plug in hybrids and so forth. I just wanted to put in that little two cents about the positives of, a, of an EV. Justin, question for you. Um, have you seen the new registration? Thing for electric vehicles. I haven't. So there's a uh -huh. new thing. So you got to keep keep an eye out for it. You should go on and sign up for it. So one thing the legislature did a couple of years ago is they added the extra fee for EVs. Right? You pay like ninety. Right. You have to pay ninety dollars a year to have an electric car mm. because you're not paying gas taxes. Yeah. Right. Right. So right. what they did is they're launching a pilot program this year. So go if you go on you. I think it's UDOT's website. One of the two that will allow uh -huh. you to put a, a sensor, an OBD port tracker. Yeah, they'll send it to huh. you. You put it in your thing, and essentially what they'll do is they'll charge you your registration fee per mile, up to the ninety dollars. Hmm. So you can actually oh, interesting. So instead of paying a full ninety dollars, you might only have to pay forty or fifty. And they right, yeah, they track I'll definitely your look into that. But yeah, I I just signed up for it on my plug-in, and they they said they're going to ship it to me in the next couple of weeks. So it, you nice. Should, you should look at that though, because it might save you a little bit of money. Yeah, I definitely will. Hey, let me. I definitely will. Uh, Oh, sorry. About one that. last thing, guys. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, sorry to. One last thing. You were talking about the the weight and the space of the batteries. Yep. Um, and the this leaf is not anything special, but my my dad and my brother just bought Tesla Model Threes. Okay. And um, they just got the base level. And as far as weight and space goes, I don't really see too much of a negative on the batteries because the the battery is down down below the floorboard yeah, the floorboard on and those. so wait, what yeah Go ahead. yeah and so the uh, you have the frunk and the the trunk and so it has a lot more space and the weight i don't think is too much of a problem because i mean my my dad's base level model 3 goes zero to 60 in like four and a half seconds so i don't i don't really see a, a problem with the weight or the space um it's just like you said. It's really the the deal is, will the technology allow it to be cheaper? And yeah, so, so with the, anyway, with, just wanted to put that in. With the Thanks, Preston. Yeah, appreciate your go call. ahead, Preston. We'll let let you go. Um, the the thing on the weight, what I'm talking about is what the weight leads to is range. Right. Is that if you can get, if from a range standpoint, 
if it weigh, if you can get the, if you can get those batteries to weigh thirty percent less, you'll get more range out of it because the car weighs less. Yep. Well, that's uh, the beauty of that's the long term hope on getting those to weigh less. Well, appreciate the call, and uh, we'll put you in the running for an oil change. It'll be on his wife's car, not on his car, because he yes, obviously we'll do an oil change on that. One. <laughs> he doesn't need it. So uh, hopefully, well, he's in the running. We'll see if we get any more calls, and he might be the winner on that one. Um, quick question before we go to break that I was going to ask him as well, Jeff. Do you notice a difference in your power bill, like a big-time difference if you're charging at home? compared to Now, he said it costs him way less than buying gas, obviously, but uh, no. do you feel like you know? Yeah. Not, especially mine because so, I'm on solar. Right. So most of mine, I'm, I'm not paying much for a power oh, bill yeah, anyway because no. it's being it's using my solar power to charge. Right. Huh. But generally, I'm charging at night. Utah, Utah's goofy in the solar world, though, because it's not a it's a net generation state. So it basically you're paying right. the net of what you made compared to what you used. Uh, all right. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, before we do, Chris Barrett on Twitter, he says his favorite Super Bowl commercial is the Darth Vader one with the Volkswagen and everything. That's a popular one mm-hmm. that we talked about earlier in the show as well. So thanks for hitting us up on Twitter there, Chris. Uh, coming up, we'll wrap up the show here on Utah Car Sense presented by Mark Miller Subaru and your host, Jeff Miller. I'm Adrian Lizer here sitting in for Austin. More coming up next here on The Zone. Sense with Jeff Miller and Austin Horton, presented by Mark Miller Subaru on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back to Utah Car Sense with Jeff Miller, presented by Mark Miller Subaru here on The Zone Sports Network. Final segment of the show here at Vivint Smart Home Arena. Fun day today as the Jazz are in action in the middle of the day, 3 o'clock, taking on the Dallas Mavericks. All my shifts run together today, Jeff, so it's nice. Nice. Just well done. one into the other into the other. <laughs> so I get about an hour break and then back for the Saturday show at one o'clock. So it should be fun. Uh, and then the jazz game. Right into the jazz game. Right into the jazz game. So it should be good. Um, uh, we have a caller on the line we'll get to in just a second. Uh, Jeff, we were talking in the break. There's a Tribeca limousine for sale. What do you think of that? That's so awesome. An old Subaru Tribeca. We should, we should buy it and make it our. Uh, it's only $34,000. Make it our service shuttle. Yeah, for real. Put a little disco ball in there. Get somebody to drive people around now that's how you get from mm direct in style right there that's the next phase of mm direct they pick you up in a limo and drive you there i'm just giving you all these great ideas that's so cool yeah it's pretty cool i actually kind of like those tribecas they're a good vehicle for a little, little while that'd be awesome make that our service the loaner shuttle yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even the loaner shuttle yeah take your kids to school in that uh let's jump out to the phone lines we've got jack on the line jack good morning welcome to car sense how are you uh, great Good. So my kid has a 2012 Nissan Leaf, and I agree with everything the prior caller said on it. Yeah. But the, this year, 60,000 miles, the cold weather really affects the battery range, even though it's garage kept. Yeah. And it's down to 30 miles is the range because of the cold. Mm. In the summer, it's been fine. Uh so anyway, he he couldn't decide whether to buy a new battery or to buy a rebuild, or so he traded it in. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, it's amazing how much the weather affects those battery times. Like even on my my plug-in, 
When I was driving in the summer, I was getting the full 17 miles. Mm-hmm. I get probably 13 mm. during the winter. Even though you keep it in a heated garage and all that. Yeah, even though it's in a, it's not a heated garage, but it's insulated. So it's probably, when I wake up, it's probably 50. Yeah. So uh, the funny part is, the, so he's got the Nissan Leaf economy extreme. He traded it in on a 2017 BMW X5M, 567 horsepower, twin turbo V8. So from one extreme to the other extreme. That is extreme. <laughs> but anyway, he never had any mechanical yeah. troubles with that car, tires, and uh, that was the whole maintenance during the years he owned it. That's awesome. Well, very cool. Thanks for the call, Jack. We appreciate it. Have a great day. Uh, that's uh, yeah, a lot of positive feedback on those electric vehicles. I think you're right, Jeff. In the thing you said earlier that stood out is that you don't know until you actually get into the car, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's that's kind of the that's often in a conversation. I think when it comes to maybe I don't want to say conservation, but like saving power, like solar and things like that. Totally. That the the thing that works against it is oh well you're only going to save a little bit and you have to spend this much mm-hmm. when in reality if you're in like you have your electric hybrid 80 not eight a, a phrase everyone understands is 80 miles to the gallon yeah like you literally could walk out to my car right now i reset my trip meter 200 miles ago last 200 miles i'm showing 81 miles per gallon right right this second and that's that's something everyone can understand mm-hmm. not necessarily the and i liked how uh, preston our caller earlier said and it's only because my wife drove it for a couple hours and she <sighs> doesn't have the respect for the plug-in like how I dare she how dare she <laughs> <laughs> she just she's like okay make sure you keep your needy list. <laughs> it's funny though because like she just drives it because she just drives like a car she loves right. that car though but like when I drive it, like I really, it's like it's like a personal challenge to me to see if I could keep it in electric mode. Yeah. Like so, I, like I'll drive from like Holiday to downtown, back to Midtown to drop my kids off at school, and it's like a challenge on whether I can stay on streets and not punch it to the point. Because the problem is during the winter, is that if you punch it and you get out of EV mode, because if you hit the gas too hard, it'll go out of EV mode. Oh, okay. And once it goes into gas mode and it's cold, it stays in gas mode till the engine warms up. Oh, so okay. once like so, it's like a challenge in the morning to like keep it at that level. Is there a speed that you hit? That sixty-five. Kick... Oh, okay. As long as you keep it not accelerating, you can go up to sixty-five miles an hour and stay in EV mode. That's pretty good. Yeah. And if you're just taking streets, yeah, like so if you're taking city streets, you can what's keep the it in... fastest you can go on a city and, street? 45? Unless like you have to accelerate it into traffic and things like that. Yeah. That's when you're. That's where the challenge part of it of it comes. So just wait a little longer. Wait for it to yeah, annoy but, those people behind. But, like you. so, say when I'm coming home from Southtown in the evening. Mm-hmm. If I'm taking the freeway and I'm in rush hour, generally I'm staying in EV mode right. on the freeway. Yeah, that makes sense. Until I get on I-215 and hit 65-70 at that yeah. point. But, yeah, so, like, it's it stays in EV mode most of the time. So if the engine's warm and you drop below that, does it flip so, over Yeah, so if you have the engine up and the oil temperature's up, once you go back below the – so you, you hit it, it goes in EV mode. It goes out of EV mode. Once it comes back into regular, it goes back in EV mode. Do you feel a difference in that? You can't ever tell. Really? You can never tell how it cycles between the Other than the light turns on or whatever. Cool. That's very cool. Other than seeing there's an EV on the dash, it lights up, lights off. You know, that's something, too, that I I honestly expected you to say 50 miles an hour. Yeah, I would have thought of that, too. I mean, it's 65. You can set cruise control on the freeway at 65 and stay in EV mode. Yeah. As long as you're not accelerating. Just hit in that right lane, and you're good to go. 
Yeah. So generally, like, I'm, I try and I avoid. I go even a step further and try and avoid freeways. It's like if I'm driving from Southtown to Midtown to Southtown to Southtown to Midtown, I'll take State Street mm-hmm. or I'll take Seventh East back to Holiday. Like I'll I change my driving schedule to try and keep it in EV mode. You got that challenge now. That's my challenge. You challenge yourself every day. No, I want to get through a full tank on above at 99. It's doable. <laughs> Is it doable? It's doable. <laughs> I gotta get through a full tank of gas at 99. That's miles like not ever switching to. It's a challenge though, because you could. That means you're never going on a freeway. Yeah. It gets hard. And you're using minimal gas. Oh, yeah. I mean, you I mean, you literally could drive that theoretically. So my brother had a Prius plug-in. He lives in Harvard, Yale area and works the Toyota store downtown. And he had a, a Prius that he literally, a plug-in hybrid Prius that he literally went nine months to a year without putting gas in it. Because, I mean, he literally never ticked it over. It's like driving a Vespa that you never put yeah. gas he in. He just never did. I mean, he, he was always he plugging at home. Yeah. At night, he wouldn't even plug in at the store. Mm. He just plug in at home every night, and because he could just get to work and get to work and drive it back home, and that's the only place he drove it. And he literally. So the difference is, and I've been asking Subaru to try and do this. Is one cool thing that Toyota does that Subaru doesn't on their plugins, is they have a cool computer system that tells you like all your stats. Mm. Like Subaru doesn't have the stats. Like it has just a basic gas mileage thing, and Toyota will actually give you like a history of like your last. 10 days of driving at oh, what really? levels you're at. It actually connects to the net and tells you like what percentage of Prius driver you are in the community. Oh, My man. brother at one point for a year was like the number one Prius driver in Utah as far as efficiency. Hey, I get my uh, power bill and it tells me yeah, how right? I'm doing compared to my neighbors. It tells you how bad you are your neighbors. Yeah. Like, you use in my a case, lot I'm, more energy than your neighbors. In my case, I'm good in that department. You're good but, in that one? Yeah, That's good. I've got the, the green smiley face. I got a bad on one the other day. Like last year at my old house, I got a really bad one on that. No, now you got solar power, so you'll yeah, be so we're better the, this year. It's a. I always find that funny. You really can get people's competitive juices flowing if you tell them how it. they're doing compared to other people. Yeah, yes. right? that's exactly what they do. It's like, yeah. oh, you are the worst power user yeah. in the entire state of Utah. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Are yeah, you feeling good about that? No. Well, it's uh, it's cool to hear. Which pe- is funny that they're as a power company that's selling power. Right. They're trying to get people to not use power. Like it's not really a business model. It, it, you know. <laughs> Maybe you got enough customers that you yeah. want to, but uh, yeah, it's it's cool to hear like you trying to figure out how to stay in EV mode. Preston called and said, you know, he uses it as a secondary family car, which I think is very smart. Um, uh-huh. He uses it to get to work, and his wife uses their gas car. There are a lot of people that buy that buy those but, Leafs like that because that yeah. Leafs it's only a hundred mile range, eighty mile range. Like, even during the winter, it's probably a fifty mile range. But we, we used to sell a ton of those off lease Leafs. Oh, you'd you bring buy, them in, yeah. Because you could buy them for nothing. Yeah. And we were selling a, like, like that car, like a 2016, 2017 Leaf for nine grand, mm. ten grand. That's. And so people would buy them as their second cars, like he did, and just use it as a commuter car. Right. And, and had their other car that would they'd do vacations or family trips, and it's, it's smart. Yeah, and then especially if you can plug in at work. And we were talking about people, you know, it's all money's tight these days. It just that's the reality of it, and uh, if you can find a way to save some money he'd spend in one cent a gallon compared to all right 20 cents a gallon so uh it, there's a lot of different ways ev is the at least hybrid minimal is the future i think of cars it's just the reality yeah, i think everything's gonna be moving to a minimum a plug-in hybrid type. it's thing. gonna be that way and people people want that gas mileage and there's more awareness to um the the planet and uh, totally. I mean, you look our, at our on, impact on it, and so that's a day like today where it's hazy and foggy, and that's a lot of that's pollution. Yeah, 
and it's, we owe it to try and fix that as best we possibly can. I think the auto industry signed up for that. I, and I think that's great. And I think the latest administration slowed down the adoption of the auto industry, which is sad because I think the Obama administration really had it put on the right way mm-hmm. to getting gas mileage up. And I think they just slowed it down a bit. But I think the fears of the manufacturers that Trump won't be in office longer than whatever time, either right. four years or this year, that they've got it coming anyway, so they better re- they better keep planning. Well, and I saw you know Jeep announced kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. They're looking to make their electric. all of their cars totally. electric, or all of their I guess you call them Jeeps. They're not really a truck; they're a Jeep. But uh, that you know sounds and Subaru. We talked earlier, aiming for the twenty thirty. So the auto industry, in my opinion, is a great. Uh, they could be great leaders in this because totally. they are the auto cars are generally the biggest polluters by just totally. the fact that there's so many out there. That's a big so. part of it. Um, well, we only have a few minutes left. Should we talk about the Sony car? Yes. Yeah, we got to talk. We got to fit that in as we've yeah. been talking electric cars all day. So, Consumer Electric Electronics Show, which is so I've always wanted to go to, I've never been able to make it to it. But CES, the CES show in Vegas, the biggest electronic show in the world. Sony had a big surprise, and it came out, and it was a car. Sony, you mean the uh, Sony the television television maker, maker? The electronic maker? Yes, like the PlayStation released a vehicle called the Sony Vision S, an electric concept sedan meant to show. Wasn't meant to really show as the car, but meant really to show the many strengths of Japanese technology, <laughs> yes. from entertainment products to camera sensors and more. So it has 33 different sensors inside and outside the car, multiple widescreen displays, 360 audio, always-on connectivity. And then, like, BlackBerry and things like that had some stuff in it as well. Bet you could hook up. Bet at some point they'll have a where you can, like, if you're going on a long road trip with your kids, you can hook up, like, a PlayStation 4. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it's all got all that built into it. But it looked kind of like a Porsche, too. It does. It has actually kind of like the logo on the front. Uh Uh-huh. Like it's kind of like a unique S. And it had the entire front dashboard all the way across the passenger. Was Mm -hmm. it like a TV screen with information on it? It seems like a bad way for someone to figure out how to watch Netflix while they drive. It does. But uh, they call it the safety cocoon. All the all the array of sensors and safety features, and uh, anyone will get into the car game. Just like anyone will get into like the television streaming game. Yeah, and I don't think I will. Almost guarantee the fact that Sony never releases a car for sale. Yeah. But the idea is what they're trying to show is that they can show – because what most people don't understand is that it doesn't, no matter the manufacturer of the car, there are hundreds of different companies inside that car. Right. Yeah. Like a different company makes the eyesight system. A different mm-hmm. company makes the seats. A different company makes the radio. A different, like Subaru doesn't make radios. They, use Har- they used Harman before. Now they use – I forget who the new provider is, but they use another company now that uses that does their radios. So every component of the car is a different company. Right. Like our blind spot detection, that's another company. And so they have these suppliers. And so what Sony's pitching out there is how they can be a supplier for all these cool technologies. And they're trying to show all the car companies, which I guarantee you every car manufacturer has somebody at CES to see, oh, look at these two new technologies they have. Look at this new sensor that, yeah. that they've made. Look at this new little radar system that Sony's made. Like, all sorts of different things. And it's smart by Sony to get into, I mean, like you say, there's so many companies in every single car, and Sony can be an entertainment leader so in cars. So one of the things, they, so here's some of the technologies they did. So they have a time-of-flight in-cabin sensing solution. So it uses distance measuring te- distance measurement technology to detect and recognize people and objects inside the car. Hmm. So the information is used to provide an optimized infotainment system with intuitive inter- 
spaces such as gesture control and improve safety and comfort inside vehicles. So a good example, you're sitting in the car by yourself. It can adjust the equalizer in the car to your position. That's cool. You have two people sitting in the front seat. It can move the speakers from the front to the back, from the back to the front. Mm. You got four, it moves it to the back. No more fiddling around no with fiddling that knob. With like, yeah. so like, for me, when I've got kids in the back and I want to listen to the radio while they're on iPads or something like that, I'll go to the equalizer and move all the audio right. to the front left so I can turn it up and hear talk radio or whatever I'm listening to. Yeah. Right? When I'm always listening to 1280 The Zone. Obviously. So that's, obviously, that, every day, that's that, all I that's listen to. That's what I was going to ask. <laughs> I was going to make sure you... But that's a pretty cool technology. So it knows it automatically. Yeah, sensor fusion technology, cool. which merges the capability sensor so it can detect fog, backlight, and nighttime driving to adjust your lights accordingly. Hmm. Radar to give 3D grasp of real-life situations. Like, there's just some cool stuff that they can do in cars that it's these manufacturers. It's, it's the companies like Sony and Ben. It's like those are the companies that are going to develop those and Bosch. And We spend a lot of time in the car. Like, that's the thing in whatever – to make the ride a better experience is important because that happens in every single type of transportation out there. Absolutely. Look at, I mean, go 10 years ago, we didn't have backup cameras. Right. Now you can't find a car without one. Yeah. Right? And you get a car now, every car you turn it back up, and it's a safety technology. It saves lives. In 10 years, you're going to talk about stuff like eyesight and automatic cruise control and all that kind of stuff that's going to be standard. Yeah. and Just, like, airbag, just like airbags are now and analog yeah. brakes and all yeah. these things that we have now that – Weren't standard features. These features become standard as they become more and more popular. Right, and uh, you changed the road trip game forever. Remember when you know when I was younger, it was twenty years ago. It was play that bingo game mm-hmm. a thousand times in the back seat while you drive seven hundred miles, and now you can. And it's even modified from that. Like it, it went five years ago. It was that we all had t- TV screens in right? the back so of the seat. Right? TV screens yeah. in the back of the screen. Now most most manufacturers are moving away from that mm. because it's. It's easier to give your kids an iPad. Right. And so now the new thing is Wi-Fi. Yes. So now more car, most cars you get have Wi-Fi built into them. Mm. So now a kid gets in the car, they don't have to tether to your phone. They just get in the car and right. connects to the Subaru Wi-Fi in the car, and they're set to go. Mm. So I, it's the cool to see. I love seeing the evolution of all this stuff and the technology in these cars. And as you say, it becomes more, more and more standard as more people want it. It becomes more affordable for the manufacturers yep. to put it in the car. As, and that's why a lot of the manufacturers – are really like they're not as just as excited about building their share, but the market share increasing as a whole means more suppliers, more technology. The technology gets cheaper because it's built in volume. And not only like you talk about Wi-Fi and things, and but I, I love the fact that all like the rear camera, it changes everything for you. Totally does. And, and now there's front cameras and, and side cameras. The, and the eyesight assist. You know, you may realize how bad of a driver you are at the beginning because you don't real you don't realize like. Even if you drift a tiny bit, you could be in causing, lane. So, and you could be in the other lane without it. causing someone else right. getting a crash. Exactly, they had to move out of their lane. Right? Exactly, and um, I, I, I think the little safety features are because look, no one wants to get in a crash. I'll tell you right now, cars right now are safer than they have ever been right. in our history. And guess what? Next year's cars will be safer than yeah. cars that have ever been in our history. Cars after that will be safer, like because something's going to come along, some sort of. Sensor is going to change everything. I mean, it is incredible to watch these cars. I mean, obviously, we brag about Subaru because they do so well in them, but the crash testing on cars these days compared to what they were 15 years ago, I mean, they run these cars into the walls at 45 miles an hour, and they come out, it's like the cabin hasn't moved at all, like no injuries. And it's because they're building these cars so amazingly, and they can build stronger steel now for cheaper, and it's cool. 
yeah, it's uh, love it. It's it. There's a lot to do, but it's on its way. So yep. that's what's pretty cool. All right, Jeff. Uh, let's uh, get to wrapping things up, we and we three can, callers. We can pick a winner and uh, pick yep. someone to. Uh, do you want to pick a number? Or do you want to pick a winner? Or do you want to? How do you want to? I just pick a pick a pick a number, and I'll pick which one. Yeah, Don, Justin, and Preston. Right. Let's go what two. Were, what were the three names? It was Don, Don, Jack, and Preston. Right. That sound right, Eric? Yep. Yep. That's Don, right. Jack, and Preston. Okay. Let's go number two. Number two. You got Preston. All right. There you go. Uh, Preston, thanks for calling in with yep. your Nissan Call into the lead. store and say that you won the free oil change with the pickup, and they'll get you all set up. We'll get your uh, your wife's car and oil change and or the family car and oil change. And you t- <laughs> he talked about how the only he, he's been saving money on the on the oil changes on the Leaf. Well, now you're going to save some money on the oil change in your other car. So. Uh, big thanks to everyone who called in today. Jeff, thanks for letting me sit in again. Absolutely. Thanks for being a part of it. Thanks for being here. Yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. Love. And uh, don't forget, check out what Mark Miller Subaru has to offer you. Uh, the promise pricing is second to none in uh, the car world. And uh, if you're looking to get a new or used, of course, the certified pre-owned vehicles you guys have are amazing. Uh, I bought one. Super happy about it. And uh, I always go to you guys to get my service done. We appreciate it. And uh, it. For me, always better just to go to the dealership where you got the car because they know what they're doing with it. So, And now we've got Mark Miller Direct, which is, makes it makes even easier. a lot easier. easier, too, for yeah. sure. I'll never have to uh, see you again yeah. in person. Well, other, than the show. other than the show. <laughs> uh, that's going to do it for us. For Jeff Miller, for Eric Behind the Glass, I'm Adrian Lizer. Uh, Utah Car Sense wrapping up here, presented by Mark Miller Subaru on the Zone Sports Network.